Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms, and this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes Podcast. It's Kevin Kilograms, and... Uh, I'm in the mobile studio today, up real early doing a, actually working on my house. Uh, brother and I, um, <laughs> it's funny, I have no money to, to spend on anything, you know, because I'm not getting any work, but <laughs> we have enough leftover lumber here and there that I, all I had to do was buy a few of the, the clan, or the, uh, why am I thinking? Um, a few of the uh, trim pieces, you know, because you want that uh, your best wood. And uh, the tie-downs and a few of the metal brackets and uh, anchor or screws and uh, stuff like that. You know, I wanted uh, special screws. But I'm building a, uh, a 12-foot gazebo in my backyard. I have this uh, brick, the circle of brick, like a table or a not table a plateau in my backyard where I had an in-ground spa and it just never got used never 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 it's falling apart you know the, the machinery was breaking down um, you know in order to keep those clean you have to filter them daily and that runs a lot of electricity and boy heating them up was kicking my ass so I just got in there drained it and then busted it out and bought myself some sand and extra used brick and just uh, finished this plateau back up. And it's uh, three or four steps up to this giant ring of brick, this flat ring of brick. The sits in my backyard. It looks kind of odd. We were, we'd keep a fire pit on it for now, but, you know, needed something there. And so figured I'd, uh, of course, you know, since uh, my brother got involved, we, uh, it goes from a basic gazebo to a pretty elaborate design. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're putting that up. It's uh, <laughs> not something I need to be doing when I'm out of work, you know, don't have any construction work. But it keeps me busy, uh, uses a lot of the what we need used up, and it'll add value to the home in the long run. Um, other than that, uh, so that's what I'm, I'm just up doing that, uh, working on it. It's, uh, giving me, a, a purpose to get out and physically work, uh, other than just my little training. I haven't been doing, you know, much physically. And so at least now I'm, you know, uh, my job's so physical that it's, I consider it part of my, uh, treatment, you know. Uh, one of the big things in diabetes is, you know, physical activity to uh, curb, you know, get your muscles hungry and curb your insulin resistance. Uh, your body's 
desire not to use insulin, you know. So you, what ends up happening is you just end up pumping more and more insulin just to to um to get your body to eat. You know, your insulin is required for your body to convert or take in the sugar energy that your you know your stomach and your digestive tract convert everything into the three macro groups of you know protein, fat, and uh, sugar. And sugar is the base energy, you know, and it goes to support your your brain activity. It goes to support all muscle and any type of muscle activity. Which I'm talking not just lifting. I'm talking your heart and anything that contracts. Um, and then um, it's stored uh, up to a certain point in your muscles and liver, and then it's converted to fat and stuck on your side. And if you're insulin resistant, um, it you know you the more insulin, the more insulin you take to just get that process going. And high doses of insulin, which you know you've heard in all the uh, the latest gurus of exercise and and diet is you know insulin spikes are back because they promote weight gain and you know I I take ten times maybe even yeah ten times the amount of insulin that a normal person would pancreas would produce um, so you know I can eat almost next to nothing and still gain weight. Um, this whole week, you know, the actually the last two weeks have been pretty good. You know, I've been home, so I've had uh, ample opportunity, and I've been walking. I got out to the Orange County Marathon, which, you know, down the street, uh, the park, you know, it's only, you know, a quarter of a mile away, maybe not even that far, uh, you know, 15 houses, 10 houses. Uh, down the street is the park that where I catch the bike trail at, and the bike trail um, is... Uh, right at that park is mile 21 of the Orange County Marathon. So I've been out there, got out there and, you know, got my mojo going to, you know, uh, of a drive. It's the same thing that happened to me originally, you know, as I I went to a finish line of uh, the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon and I saw so many different people crossing the line that, you know, I thought to myself, I should be running. So I've been walking and walking and walking and, uh, after that, I decided I'd throw some running in, and I'd go out for a three- or four-mile walk, and I'd put one mile of uh, uh, running in, Galloway running, you know. And I've been trying to do, you know, I went back to his uh, book of training, and the Galloway book of training is the most recent edition. He's added shorter walk breaks, you know. He's changed his, you know, when I first read this, it wasn't a problem to have a two-minute walk break. You know, so you could run five minutes, walk two minutes. And as a matter of fact, that's, you know, I pretty much started with the, I don't know, it was two and twos or three and threes. Two and twos. And then I just grew my run, my run sequence from three to four to five. So I was doing like five and twos. And then I uh, shorted up to five, you know, four and ones. I think it's pretty much where I, I, I stayed at four and ones forever. Well, he, um, you know, based on a podcast that I listened to, there's the Extra Mile podcast and then there's the Extra Mile podcast Galloway edition, which a friend of mine, Kevin Gwynn, produces, and he's out of Cincinnati, but he's uh, gotten together with Jeff Galloway in Florida, 
and made it part of like a co-companion to the training book. And the training book, like I said, the new edition, he shortened up the walk break. So it's uh, him and his uh, Galloway, Jeff Galloway and his wife now, you know, most of their marathons, they do in a 30, 30, 30 seconds of running, 30 seconds of walking. Um, I tried it. It just felt too weird for a while. I will probably be happy to get there. Um, I just had to modify it enough to make me think I was actually running as opposed to 30 seconds wasn't even enough for me to get into the groove. So it's 45 seconds, 45 seconds. And I was able to comfortably run, you know, put that one mile, you know, I do a three mile walk, you know, one of those miles would be that Galloway run or four mile. And then, um, was it last Saturday? I did, a a, um, the full three miles in a run walk. And it was actually quite difficult physically. My lungs didn't have a problem. My legs didn't revolt too much. It just was, you know, something I haven't done in a long time. I've been um, avoiding running because I have, um, uh, I don't know if I've commented about the complications that I experienced, but the biggest complication I have is, you know, it's funny because I don't even tell people about it. Um, it's too hard to explain. Um, it's called neuropathy. And it's a, it's a nerve, it's a complication of the nerves, uh, pretty much affect extremities. It has to do with high blood sugars. And when high blood sugar, when your sugars have a lot, when your blood has a lot of sugar in it, it gets thicker. You know, it's almost like a, I don't want to say molasses or syrup, but it's thicker than normal. And it has a harder time being pumped through the capillaries. So the smallest of the blood vessels don't deliver as much uh, oxygen-rich blood um, to the areas that, um, you know, would need it, uh, that they service. And that's typically... Well, a lot of places, but the two main ones are your eyes and your nerves. And so they end up starting to die off or I don't know uh, what else happens to them. I don't know if they just die off or something else. But the nerves stop operating correctly and they start screaming in pain. And without doing anything, I have a... Um, a lot of times they just go numb. I don't have any numbing, but I do have some leg pain. And for a while, running was causing them to the leg pain to jump up and creating a very uncomfortable position, you know. Um, okay, well, I guess it wasn't too difficult to explain, but I get to parties, you know, people start neuropathy, and then you start explaining, and, you know, they ask you a bunch of questions, which doesn't answer their what they want. And then you try to explain and their eyes glaze over and next thing you know is you're talking to yourself because no one wants to talk to you about diabetes. So, the, um, I think the walking has curved it enough that I didn't experience any neuropathy pain. As a matter of fact, working on this gazebo, usually during uh, the work week, my legs can vacillate. I can have very painful days and I can have not, you know, no pain in my and um haven't been experiencing any problems. 
So, um, the, uh, let me this guy here. Driving through one of the tracks again. Picked up a bunch of cedar wood from my brother's house. Um, now I'm bringing it back to mine. He's going to go get a job. The, uh, so I was really excited that I actually got some running in. Uh, felt really excited. You know, I even posted it on the Daily Mile on Facebook and, you know, got some attaboys. Um, actually, it's like the first real run. You know, I started, I've been plugging in small little supplementary runs to my walk, but that was like the first real run in six or seven months. And it, I was very excited about that. Okay, the downside of this week is, you know, yesterday I went back to my endocrinologist. I do that every, pretty much every other month. I have um, several medics. I call them teens because, you know, uh, they're groups. You know, I get to go see the, I have a high blood pressure, so I get to go see the blood pressure team. And then I have high cholesterol, I have a high cholesterol team. Now, I don't see them with month every other year or something like that because my cholesterol with medication is super well controlled. Plus, I'm not eating, you know, a, a dietary cholesterol, so it's super easy for me to, you know, keep the cholesterol down. I have a genetically high cholesterol, so I just, I do have to have some medicine. Um, blood pressure, got to fight. I mean, that's my biggest fight, you know. That's a, that's a, I can't figure out how to get that, and I don't want to graduate up into the hardest of the medicines there because the complications and side effects of those are quite distinct and problematic. The, um, uh, needless to say, because of, and I'm pretty sure it's my diet change, you know, this uh, drastic change has taken it several months to form, but I, my blood pressure is the lowest it's been in, in months. Uh, well, actually, years. You know, I I'm I have around a buck thirty-five to a buck forty-five over eighty-five to ninety-five, somewhere in there, and um, that's too high for a diabetic. It may be borderline for a normal person, but for a diabetic, it's just too high. There's just too many other risk factors to to not deal with something like that. So. Um, I guess. So uh, what uh, what I've been um, you know working at it uh, with exercise, and I think that and it just doesn't seem to want to come down. Some days it's worse. Some days it might be a little bit better, but it just isn't where we want it to be. And I got um, got into the doctor, uh, you know, and they automatically do the blood pressure thing. And it was 118 over 65. You know, that's like, I haven't seen it that low on, you know, I can't even remember. Actually, probably before I even started paying attention to blood pressure. Uh, that was exciting. You know, that, that adds a lot of an emphasis to my, um, to my lifestyle, I'm going to call it that. Because I'm pretty sure that was the only real big change I've made. And as a matter of fact, um, it's the only positive change because lately, you know, for the last, between this doctor's visit, the previous doctor's visit, um, my blood uh, blood sugars have been drastically higher. Uh, they have a test they run, and I get it done prior to go visiting the doctor a day or two prior to visiting the doctor. It's called a hemoglobin A1C. And it's, um, it's the medical test 
similar to like a blood sugar average. Um, they're able to tell what your average blood sugar is for the last three months based on how much hemoglobin has been attached to your blood. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the exact. I'm, I'm thinking that's what it is. Needless to say, is drastically higher. Uh, not a good thing. You know, you get a, a spanking from the doctor. But um, we tried to figure out what could possibly be the culprit. And I, you know, now I have a base on the pump and then I have the uh, the continuous glucose monitor. So it's been monitoring it. And she sees that, you know, I have this high sugar and I make corrections, which I mean I pump insulin to, to knock the sugar down and it doesn't come down. And then an hour or so later I do it again and then I do it again and then I do it. And it just like Monday it sat at a 3.30 and it sat 3.30 all day long. I couldn't get it down. I mean, I literally pumped a ton of insulin, you know. From 5 in the evening to 11 in the evening, I pumped a whole vial, which should take me about a day and a half. So, um we're now exploring different options, which unfortunately brings the new. Uh, almost like the purpose of the show, uh, not really was the update. I have um, I don't know, police cars and fire trucks. Oh, I hope a cyclist didn't crash. That's uh, every once in a while on the bike trail, get a cyclist who crashes there and got to pull all the you know, paramedics over there. Um, so, uh, Scar tissue. Uh, insulin, if you're a diabetic and you don't have to use insulin, that's, a, that's just fine. I wouldn't go on insulin if you don't have to. If your blood sugar is controlled, if it's not and your doctor starts recommending insulin, or even if he doesn't, maybe you might want to talk to him, it is a godsend. It is really, really, really a godsend. Uh, insulin therapy happens to be the, unfortunately, you have to deal with shots, but it's the it's the easiest way to control your diabetes. You know, the medication has side effects. The insulin has minor side effects, but um, when you start on a good insulin therapy regimen, you use so much, so little insulin, and you use these syringes where the needles are so tiny, you know, I don't even, you know, I, I when I give myself a shot with an old syringe, which I haven't done in ages, I would pinch the skin and then poke the shot into the, you know, the part that's pinched, and the pinching was the only painful thing, you know, not painful, but, you know, pinching your skin, feel, you know, just reach down, pinch your skin, not hard, just grab a, you know, a roll of it and pinch it right in your abdomen. That's all you're going to feel. You don't really feel the shot. Once in a blue moon, I mean, once every six months, you might hit a nerve when you go in, and then it feels just like a normal shot. It's not, but the little bitty needles. Well, unfortunately, as you progress into more insulin, um, you, uh, and I like with my pump, um, these cannulas, these things are like shots also. They, they go in, but they stay there. And they're drastically larger. You know, it's a it's a it's a port. It's a a, a a plastic tube that's inserted into your abdomen. I do that every two days, and it's called a cannula. And it's 
significantly deeper and larger than an insulin shot. Uh, can have some pain to it. Mostly it's a sting and that's, you know, you're over it. But because of its length of time in your stomach and the, the size of it, it causes um, scar tissue. So you keep moving. That's why it only stays there for two days and I move it somewhere else and keep moving it. And by the time I come back to it, um, most of the scar tissue, you know, most of the the thing is healed up. And, well, I've been on this pump for so long, we're really thinking that there's a ton of scar tissue down there and I have to really give it a, a generalized rest. So I've been told I have to go back on the syringes for a while. Um, I get to keep the pump and I get to keep the pump operating so the basic uh, insulin you know I'll, I'll put it in and you know I won't be pumping the high doses of insulin I'll be doing the high doses through the syringe and the very low dose that I get will be in the um, in the pump so it's like a two-prong attack it is what it is except um you know, a construction site, reaching down, grabbing the pump, and dilating in some insulin is, is pretty easy. Getting over to your lunchbox, having to carry syringes, insulin vials, uh, it all packed in a cold environment, you know, construction environment, isn't really clean, and it isn't really cold. So I carry a big lunchbox with, you know, with cold packs in it, and I have all that. So I have to excuse myself, I'll have to rig a syringe and give myself a shot and, you know, um, a lot of alcohol swabbing and, you know, keeping everything, you know, sterilized in the environment of the shot. (laughs) You know, when I did this, I wasn't in construction. It was real easy. I was in a, I was a, a sales rep. And so, you know, I'd just be in my car and, you know, just do it in, you know, I had carried all that stuff in a little lunchbox to, in the passenger seat of, you know, on the floor of the car, and I would just reach down, you know, before I drive to the next appointment and deal with it, you know. Now it's, <laughs> you know, ten times harder. Not looking forward to this. But if it brings the blood sugars in control, it is what it is, you know. Um, you've heard me in previous podcasts talk about this disease being progressive and that everybody will graduate you know, given enough time, everybody will graduate from the most basic form of pre-diabetes all the way up to pumping as much insulin as you can. The only hope you have is to remain as healthy with diet and exercise as possible to postpone the graduation for as long as possible so you don't have to deal with the next steps, which are obviously the complications like neuropathy. And... um this whole scar tissue, you know, come on, scar tissue? Now I got a a new facet, (laughs) scar tissue. You know, when I had cancer and I went through chemotherapy, it wasn't that difficult. You know, the medication was horrible. You know, I would would go through the, the therapy session and for the several days following that, I was sick as a dog and I couldn't really eat anything. And I even, towards the end of it, I ended up starting to smoke pot just to, curb the nausea and allow me to eat um it was it was a rough scenario but it was exactly as described here's what's going to happen here's the you know nothing's going to change you're either going to kill the cancer or we're not <laughs> you know it was like cancer's going to kill you or you're going to kill the cancer there was no if ands or buts and it was a short progress you know a couple months 
of this therapy. It could be, a, it could have been a lot longer, but it, you know, it was just that's the way it is. This one, year after year after year, and it just gets harder and harder and progressively, you know, and then you start getting depressed about this, and and then something happens, and you might get some good news, and maybe that'll raise your raise you up a little bit. But God, we're just a just a pain in the ass. So this week had some good news, had some bad news. Um, not horrible news, just a change in therapy. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I don't want to scare anybody away that has diabetes and is not on insulin because, my God, you know, uh, I, I truly believe that insulin is sort of a miracle drug with, with uh, both, obviously, for type 1, it keeps them alive. For type 2, it's the easiest form of therapy to really work with your system. I mean, the, the other medications are way more brutal. Uh, This is Kevin Kilograms, and I'm out of here.